and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. All right. Well, how exciting is that? Growth is always a great thing, isn't it? A healthy sign and redoing things and revamping things is just so cool. And thinking about today, I was thinking about, actually, how great was our new song this morning that we did, that the team brought? Lynn Arnell, wherever she is, she wrote that song, can't play an instrument, but she just gets this unction, this thing inside of her that she's got to write this song. So she taps into a scripture, she sings it into her phone, brings it to the team, which is very, very daunting, might I add. And then we create this song together. So that's actually birthed out of the word through Lynn and then us as a team and put it together, which is really exciting. So there's lots of things happening. Um, thinking about today, I um, was thinking about that statement that we, we got in our um, vision document this year, which says that you and I are eternal beings of unfathomable depth. And when I think about us growing and influencing Noosa, when I think about that building being renovated and all the great things we can do there, we're, we're tapping into constantly that unfathomable depth that we're actually never going to completely realize, are we? And this is just another exciting opportunity where we get to partner with each other and create something cool to stand on that. We are unfathomable depth. I often think about that statement and I go, I... I know that my stupidity is unfathomable because <laughs> I've done some very stupid things. Sometimes I've just made a silly judgment call. I mean, my right leg is full of metal from my knee down, just to give you a bit of an example of some mistakes I've made. But I've, made some, I've said some silly things and made some silly choices. And so it excites me when I think there's, there's got to be more to this an unfathomable depth to my stupidity. There's an unfathomable depth to what you and I can achieve in the love of Christ. Do you believe that this morning? I, um, I find that I can sometimes tap into this uh, with Abby, a little three-year-old. She has this way of, you know, I'm tightly wrapped around her little finger, but just through the way she speaks and she puts on these little um, accents and changes the shears, changes some of the words that she says. It just tightens up that wrap around my finger. And, you know, she, she does things like she, she ch- puts, you know, S-H at the start of all the words, like, you know, she'll say, shoshages, or we're going to, yeah, exactly, I know. And she'll use these in her sentence, and before you know, I'm, I'm doing exactly the same thing. Yes, darling, that's true. And I'm putting on the accent, and it just blows my mind. The other, the other day, we were at, the co- at a coffee shop, and we were having a coffee, and uh, we were chatting away, and I had a little bit of an out of body experience when I realized I was reaching across the table in the middle of a cafe, plucking a foreign object from my nose. <laughs> and so I quickly stopped when I realized what I was doing, and I, and I looked around, and she said, did you get it, Daddy? Something was coming out of my nose. <laughs> I said, yes, darling, I got it, as I wiped it discreetly away. <laughs> you and I have an unfathomable death. Let me read you this. God is... God is unfathomable in every aspect of his character and being. He holds creation in the palm of his hands. He is the beginning and he is the end. He does not tire, doesn't grow weary. He doesn't lose strength. In fact, he doesn't lose full stop. 
He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is all-loving. He is mighty to save. He is just. He is pure. He is righteous. He is praiseworthy. He is noble. He is good. He is perfect in every way. His riches are unsearchable, and they cannot be exhausted. His mercy, His grace, His faithfulness will never end. His love never fails. In fact, God is love, and He never fails. Do you believe that this morning? That's the source of our unfathomable depth right there. Come on, the Word tells us that we are created in His image. He called us to rule and to have dominion, to work with Him, to be His hands and His feet, to live life to the full, that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing from above and from below. We're seated at His right hand. We're His righteousness through His Son, Jesus Christ. We're forgiven, set free, victorious, overcomers. Come on, we are saved. We're accepted in the Beloved. We are pure and spotless in His sight. He said that you and I were worth Him sending His only Son to die on the cross for us. Tap into that unfathomable death. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just honor you this morning as our God and our King and our Lord and our Savior. We honor you as the source of our unfathomable depth. And we just take a moment to focus on you today. And, uh, you know, with honor in our hearts, we humbly come before you. And, you know, we're so grateful for everything that you've done for us, Lord God. So we just pray that you'd open our eyes to see, open our ears to hear something new and something fresh today. Lord, I pray these words um, would not be mine, but they would be yours, that would touch people's hearts today. So we just welcome you here, Holy Spirit, to do your work and to establish your work, to establish your truth in us a little bit deeper today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. How's that feel? Good? Come on, I love what Pastor Josh um, said last week. He made this statement. He said, the greatest thing about you and I is that we know God, that we have a relationship with God. And he quoted Jeremiah chapter 9, 23, if you want to quickly go there. He says these words. He says, let not the wise glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and he knows me, because I am the Lord. Amen to that. You know, we're thankful for wisdom. We're thankful for strength. We're thankful for might. We're thankful for all those things. We don't glory in them. We glory in the fact that we know him. We glory in him. We rejoice in the fact that we find our strength, that we put our hope and our trust in him, and the fact that we know him. So our number one goal in life is to know him. That's our number one goal. It's not to prophesy. Our number one goal is not to get Noosa saved. Our number one goal is not to heal the sick. It's not to do great exploits in his name. Those are great things. And you know what? We will heal the sick. We will see Noosa saved. We are going to do amazing things in his name. But it's going to come as a result of knowing him. Those things are fruit of the relationship that we have with him, which is the seed. Jesus actually taught us this in the Sermon on the Mount. Remember that? Matthew chapter 7 says, Many will come to me and I'll say, Lord, Lord, you know, we cast out demons in your name. We did all these amazing things. We prophesied in your name. And what did he respond to them? He said, I never knew you. Get away from me. See, we've got to start with relationship. The greatest thing about us is the fact that we know God. So I started thinking about this, our unfathomable death, this amazing um, revelation that the greatest thing about us is the fact that we know God. And that for me, the key that joined the two together was worship. 
The key to building an authentic relationship with Jesus is time. It's pockets of time. It's going to look different for everyone. For someone, it might be a long period of time. For someone else, it's going to be short and sweet. But it doesn't matter how big it is. It's just a matter of that we're actually doing it. I'm not talking necessarily about encounters that you know, change the direction of your life dramatically. I'm just talking about constant pockets of time. Pockets of time. Building that relationship with Jesus. They're intentional. They're authentic moments. And they're the moments that I call worship. I believe it's in these moments that allows the Holy Spirit to actually unlock our unfathomable depth. Let me show you. Keep this in mind. The same power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and I. Right? We believe that. Same power. Add that to your unfathomable depth. So I submit this thought to you. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. Should have put my mark in there, shouldn't I? Acts, Romans, Corinthians, Galatians. We've all read this heaps of times before. But just to submit you this thought. This is my thoughts on our unfathomable depth. Chapter 5, verse 22 says this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such, there is no law. I submit this thought to you this morning, that in the depths of who you are, in our unfathomable depths, are the fruit of the Spirit. Weaved in to us at creation, created in God's image. The downside is that we are fallen and we're imperfect, and we struggle to tap into those. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we need God. That's why we need that relationship. I, I know for myself, I can, I can be kind. I can stand on my own two feet and I can be kind to someone. I can be gentle. I can be faithful to someone. But my ability to do that in my own strength is incredibly limited. And it has a lot to do with everything else that's going around me. So when everything around me is perfect, when there's money in the bank, when my kids are doing what I ask them to, when Tegan's behaving herself, when all those things... <laughs> When all those things are right, I can actually tap into those things. I can show kindness. I can show love. I can show joy. But what does it look like when Tegan's not behaving herself and I've asked the kids to do the same thing 10 times and things aren't going how I planned and the money's not coming in like I thought it would and I don't feel as healthy and as strong and that, I, that I want to be. That's obviously where the unfathomable depth comes in. It's not always someone else's fault. It's not always Tegan's fault or the kid's fault. (laughs) Sometimes my circumstances are just a matter of me making a bad decision or a bad mistake. So how do we cope in the middle of all this mess? How do we be all these things that I read out before? How do do I be victorious and overcome it in the middle of all that muck and all that mess? Because we remember that Christ didn't come to take those things away. Those things aren't going anywhere. Money, dramas, they're going to come and go. They're going to be big and small. The lack of sleep, kids, you know, relationships, illness. All of us are on a downhill, let's face it, as far as our bodies go, slowly, except maybe some of the teenagers who are still on their way up. So Christ didn't come to take them away. He came to give us strength, didn't he? He didn't say, come to me um, 
He didn't say, come to me with all your problems and I'll take them away. He said, come to me and I will give you strength. I'll give you, I'll send you a helper who's going to teach you. I'm not going to take those trials away. You're going to have trials, you're going to have troubles, but I'm going to give you strength. Pastor Christian touched on something a couple of weeks ago when he said, you know, it's called having a God attitude is what we're going for. We read from Philippians 4. He says, for I have learned in whatever state I am in to be content. I know how to be abased and how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned to be both full and to be hungry, to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, Paul had it, didn't he? He knew how to, to uh, walk when his bank account was full and when it was empty. When um, the people thought he was amazing and they were, they were yelling out, preach it, you know, save us. And he knew how, how to walk in the same when he was been whipped and beaten to a pulp. Many times we read about that. I think of the story of, um, in Acts chapter 16, um, think about a God attitude, Paul and Silas winding up in jail. So I went back and I had a bit of a read of the story and we see that um, Paul and Silas are, I guess, minding their own business. They're pursuing the, God, the call that God's put on their lives and they're doing what they believe they were created to do. They're literally changing people's lives. They're preaching the gospel. People are coming to know Jesus and um, they're doing an amazing work. And this girl tags along with them, this possessed girl. She has this spirit, and um, the spirit of divination, which basically means that she um, can you know, see the future. So her, she has these masters that follow her around, send her off to do work, and through her fortune-telling, she makes them a lot of money, the word says. So she's following the boys around, and um, <clears throat> she's actually saying this. She's saying, these men's... These men's these men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim the way of salvation, which you and I know is exactly true. But for whatever reason, Paul's starting to get ticked off. This has gone on for days. He's like, I've had enough of this. This is crazy. Obviously, he knows that this girl's been totally taken advantage of by her masters. So he turns around, casts a demon out of her, sets her free and him free from this annoying situation at the same time. Unfortunately, of course, her masters are completely ticked. And so they manage to turn everyone against them. They drag them in front of the magistrate and they uh, get thrown in jail, get beaten to a pulp and thrown in jail. Um, The Bible tells us they were thrown into the inner prison, which is the nastiest cells in the prison. And their feet were put in socks. And I thought, that's not cool. It's obviously not cool to be thrown in jail. But the socks thing, I wasn't, is that such a big deal? I thought, my best friends put me in stocks at my Bucks party, and I managed to escape, ran down the street in these stocks until the blood leaking and the pain stopped me. So I thought, I'll do a little bit of research, because it's in there for a reason. And this is what I found out. The inner prison, (coughs) where they put them in stocks, was dark, had no light, and it was damp. The stocks were fitted in a way that your shoulders would be on the ground, and your feet, as far apart as possible, Fastened up high on the wall. A little bit different to my buck situation. I also read that the beating that they received before that often killed people. So it was probably a miracle that they even ended up in the stocks. Okay, a little bit more dramatic than my buck's party. I did lay down and try and get into that position. wouldn't recommend anyone trying it. It was very uncomfortable. And that was without the beating, obviously, these guys had had. We jump over to verse 25, chapter 16, and it says this. After all this that they've endured... This horrendous beating that they were probably within inches of losing their lives in this horrendous situation, just for trying to do the right thing, really, weren't they, at the end of the day? And it says this, it says, But at midnight, 
Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. <laughs> That's cool. That's talk about a God attitude. Isn't that amazing? That's like an, a horrendous situation. And their choice to choose in that situation was to pray and just to worship God in that moment. Happily going along in life, faithfully serving God and being obedient to the call that he's put on their lives. Set a possessed girl free. Um, her masters are taken advantage of a horrible situation. Then as a result, they get accused by everyone, beaten to a pulp, thrown in jail, in the nastiest situation possible, practically upside down. And what are they going to do? They're going to pray and sing to God. They're going to worship Him. Why? Because Paul and Silas knew that worship was the key to accessing everything that God put inside them. You know, why didn't they fight and scream? Call, you know, blame God. This has got to be God's fault. He sent them on this to do this work, and they've ended up in this horrible situation, but they didn't. They didn't scream for, well, it doesn't say in the Bible that they called God to send down, you know, an assignment of angels from heaven to bust them out. And what a cool movie that would have been, you know. The boys getting busted out by these army of angels, but they knew that their worship would allow God to move through them from a place of an unfathomable depth because they'd been there before. They had peace. They had self-control. They had long-suffering far beyond what was humanly acceptable or maybe um, should have been in that moment. Wouldn't you agree? Amazing. Their faith in God wasn't based on what they saw, but their relationship in Him. Their trust in God was not because of what He would do, but because of who He is, and that actually gave them strength. Lives were literally changed because of their worship. We read on in the story and, um, you know, a big earthquake hits and tears the prison apart and all the prisoners are set free. And um, we see that the worship's affected the people around them. It says there that the other prisoners were listening. But when the, when the prison broke down, no one left. See, so the guard watching uh, in, in, who is responsible for watching them wakes up to this um, earthquake and he looks around, obviously sees a mess. And so he draws his sword and goes to end his life. And Paul sees him with the dust and says, Stop! Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. See, their worship affected everyone in that prison. And it goes on, and the guard says, Well, what must I do to be saved? And they say, Well, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. See, their worship led to affecting other people. It then led to this guard getting saved. That's, then it says that it goes on, the, they preach to his family, they all get saved and all get baptized. Their worship led to a whole family accepting Christ and changing their eternity forever. Isn't that amazing? Unfathomable depth. The word tells us we're going to do things we can't imagine. Now I'd say that Paul and Silas, as they were dragged in front of that magistrate's and then dragged through the courtyards and they were beaten to a pulp and they were thrown in jail, I'd say the last thing on their mind was seeing a family come to know Christ, was seeing a family get baptized, was seeing the salvation of, of this family. But it happened because they stayed true. I think sometimes when we think of, uh, when we think of doing great things that, we sometimes miss the point and we look in the wrong direction. Like I'm sure that Paul and Silas were probably hoping for a miracle. We're probably hoping that something would happen and God would get them out. And God had a miracle all along. And that was obviously the salvation of all those people, the salvation of that family. Sometimes we're looking for big numbers or the size of something. Sometimes we're looking for that earthquake to set us free. 
And God's very busily changing someone's eternity forever without you and I even realizing what's going on. All right, so the good news for us is none of us are in jail doing these ones, beaten to a pulp. The good news is by the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, we can access this depth and work in it when it counts, walk in it when it counts most. We can walk with a God attitude that Pastor Christian taught us about. And this is where worship becomes in. Becomes in. This is where worship comes in. Because spending time with Christ in worship builds our relationship with Him. As our relationship builds, our faith in Him grows. As our faith in Him grows, that inner strength inside of us grows. And that's when we begin to access our unfathomable depth, which is actually Christ in us. See, faith allows the power of God to move. Faith is not the power itself, but it's an instrument. We need to have that relationship to have the faith. See, our faith doesn't heal us. Our faith doesn't save us. It's because of our faith that God can move in a moment. It's because of our faith that we allow God into an unfathomable depth that's inside of us to draw the fruit of the Spirit out to do amazing things. Remember, he's not wanting to be the genie to turn up and to grant us miracles and grant us wishes and get us out of situations. He's wanting to do it from the inside of us. He's wanting us to grow and be strong and overcome. He's wanting a relationship with us. Worship's at the core, isn't it? When we accept Christ, we accept his unfathomable depth. I've said that a lot, anyway. unfathomable depth, which in turn becomes ours. We now have a potential. We have potential that we cannot comprehend. You and I are able to achieve things that we could not imagine or dream of. It's not in our striving. It's not in our struggling. It's not trying to do great things for God. It's found in him and birthed from a relationship with him. He is our source of strength. We don't have to muster up that strength on our own. Excuse me. Bearing in mind, it's not that we couldn't do those things before. It's not that we couldn't love or be kind or show some level of self-control. Because we, can, we could do those things to a limited capacity. But having accepted Christ, we have, like Paul and Silas, the ability to have self-control and show kindness and show love way beyond what our circumstances would predict because we're not relying on those things to draw it out of us. So we're no longer doing things in our own strength, but we're doing it in His strength, which is coming from inside of us. The key, the next key, is we actually need to believe it. You and I need to believe that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and I. We need to believe that we are of an unfathomable depth because Christ lives inside of us. If we don't believe it, we're going to lock that sucker up forever. It's going to be very hard for God to break into that. But we need to believe it. And then we need to actually put time into that relationship to unlock that thing that's inside of us. There's a direct correlation between what we believe and how we act. So we saw Paul and Silas, their actions showed us what they believed. They, they showed us that their relationship with God was number one. That was the most important thing because that's what they put their time into. If we're not giving God a chance to influence what we believe, then something else is going to. You know, we're constantly getting shouted out from all angles all around us. God's wanting to change us from the inside out. He's wanting us to be shaped by Him. But if we're not allowing that to happen, someone else is speaking louder. Someone else is shaping our thoughts. Someone else is shaping our beliefs. And we actually get to choose that 
if we're switched on. The other night, Toby was having trouble, trouble getting to sleep. He was a five-year-old. And I went in and said, Toby, what's the matter? You normally go to sleep pretty good. He was pretty um, shaken up. And he says, oh, the kids at school told me that Joker was real, you know, Batman and the Joker. And um, he's going to come, and I'm worried he's going to come to our house, and he's going to attack us while we sleep. And I said, man, you do not need to worry about Batman. Oh, you do not need to worry about the Joker. He's not going to come here. He goes, well, why not? I said, because I'm Batman. <laughs> and instantly, his whole demeanor changed. Like, he's like, my dad, my dad's Batman. <laughs> Wait till I tell everybody. He wasn't worried about the, the, um, you know, the impending danger of Joker turning up because he wasn't going to come anywhere near Batman. He knew that. <laughs> But the look on his face was priceless. He knows I'm not Batman, but for a minute there, he's like, could this be real? (laughs) It was so good. See, nothing had changed in his situation. Completely terrified. I told him a little lie, you know, to have fun. And all of a sudden, all of his fears and worries went away. And he fell asleep in in an instant. Mind you, telling lies to my kids isn't my usual approach, I must say. <laughs> All right, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Um, verse 14 through to 21 reads like this. <clears throat> I'm going to read it for the message. It just brings another angle to it, which I like. It says, My response is to get down on my knees before the Father. This is Paul, right? He's writing his letter to the church at Ephesus. And he just spent the first couple of chapters unpacking what he later calls the mystery of Christ. So he's, he's teaching these guys that, he's explaining that um, Christ died for us, not because of anything that we've done, but simply because his love for us was so great. He's saying that Christ didn't just die for the Jews, he died for the Gentiles. There's no longer a difference. We're all in this together now. There's no separation. There's no, the promised people and everyone else is out. He's, like, he, I, he's died once and for all. And he's, he goes on and says, my response to this is to get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father, who parcels out all heaven and earth. And I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit not a brute strength but a glorious inner strength that christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in and i ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love you will be able to take in with all followers of jesus the extravagant dimensions of christ's love reach out and experience the breadth test its length plumb the depths and rise to the heights live full lives full in the fullness of god God can do anything you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. I love this. See, God is wanting to work in us and through us from the inside to strengthen us by his spirit, a glorious inner strength. We need to open the door and invite Christ in. This is not... We're going to wait till we're in prison, and then we're going to tap into it. Now, this is a habit. This is something that we need to create constantly. Those boys didn't just decide in the moment of that horrendous situation they found themselves in, oh, that's worship. No, they already had that around their lives. So it was just a response, an immediate response. We need to tap into God. We're just going to honor God. We're going to pray, and we're going to sing hymns to him. We need to work out our salvation daily, the Bible tells us. It's a continual process. 
Choose you this day who you will serve. Take a moment, like Ephesians 4 says, and plant your feet firmly in love. Through you, God can do anything. By his spirit, working deeply in you. Remember, accepting Christ as our Savior wasn't like finding the genie in the bottle. It was the beginning of a process of change. It's the beginning of a new relationship, and it's with him. It's the beginning of the greatest thing about you and I. So are you going to put time into it? That's the question. Are you going to allow the greatest thing that's in you and I to grow and to expand? Are you going to allow that greatest thing to come out and influence the lives of the people around us? See families get saved. See the prisoners listening around us. If the band wanted to jump up, that'd be cool. See, it begins to work on the inside of us to unlock that unfathomable depth inside, to strengthen us by His Spirit. We stir it up with worship, don't we? We have moments like this on a Sunday where we stir it up. We're stirring it up. And it's good. We come together corporately and the person standing next to me is giving me, is helping me to be more faithful. And they're showing me love and they're reminding me of how great God is. And I'm doing it back to them. But we take those moments and we stir it up. It's happening on the inside of us. We'll know we're starting to tap into our unfathomable depth. When we show love, when love's not shown to us, when we have a peace that passes understanding, when we have a joy that goes beyond our circumstances, we'll act in kindness, we'll show goodness and we'll show gentleness when maybe we shouldn't. We'll have greater self-control and long-suffering as we get to know him more. Just remember this, worship's not about singing, remember? It's not about singing more. Our worship's not about spending hours and hours in prayer or spending weeks and weeks fasting, thank goodness. Those things are all great, and they do have a place, and we need to be doing those. But what I'm talking about is just taking moments. You know, this year we've been challenged by the leadership to actually have a look at our lives and find those moments, those pockets of time. You know, we get consumed with the responsibilities of family and work and all those sorts of things, which are great, and we need to be present in those. We need to be diligent in those things. But we all have pockets of time. Some of us have bigger pockets than others of time. Some of us have more children than others, and so they have much less pockets of time, probably. The smart thing for you and I is to find those pockets of time and to sow them into our walk with God. Take a moment to get to know Him. We don't want to just know about Him. It's nice knowing about Him, but when we get to know Him, that's when it will start to change us from the inside out. It's knowing Him that allows our unfathomable depth to start to come out, for us to tap into it. It's easy to love someone when they're loving you back. It's easy to be kind when someone's being kind to us. It's easy to be happy when the bank's got money in it and everything is going good. But it's when the rubber hits the road, which is going to happen and things take a dip, that's when we really tap into our unfathomable depth. But we don't want to wait for that time. We want to be doing that constantly. So when we get there, we're ready to go. We're ready to go. We don't want to wait for, to end up in prison, beaten to a pulp with our legs up in the air, and then decide, okay, now I'm going to spend some time with God. Is this not going to happen? We need to be spending time with God before we get in there. We've created that habit. We've created those moments. We've found them. 
It's about taking those moments whenever you can and give them to him. Speak to him. Open the lines of communication whenever you can. Because the, the great thing with the unfathomable death is there's always more. You might be sitting there going, yeah, man, I've got this. This is so good. I've got this. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, there's always more. doesn't matter how much kindness you've got, how much joy you have, how much love you're showing. There's always more. We need to keep pressing in. Like his love, his joy, his kindness, we will never reach the end of it. And that's inside you and I. That's exactly what the world needs. That's what's going to see that God and all of his family saved. That's what's going to change Noosa, change the rest of our families, change those people that we're praying for, those loved ones that we're praying for. We let that unfathomable depth grow inside you. We let the Holy Spirit unlock that. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for you and we're so grateful for your son, Jesus. And We believe that today. We believe that we're created in your image with an unfathomable depth. And Lord, we give ourselves to the process of building that relationship with you. Lord, that we would tap into all that you have for us. Not for our glory, but for yours. A strength and a might and riches, oh God, for your glory. Lord, that as we tap into that inner depth, as we tap into Christ inside of us, it would ripple out of our lives, no matter what the circumstances are. No matter how good or bad things are, Father God, we will stay connected to you. We will see those guards in our lives getting saved, their families getting saved and baptized, oh God. So Lord, I pray that you'd open our eyes and to find those pockets of time. Holy Spirit, stir it within us that we would find those pockets of time, that we would use them wisely, that we would build that relationship that you are longing for, the very reason that you sent your son to fix the biggest problem of all so that we could be strengthened from inside to fight all the rest of the problems along the way, Lord God. So we love you and we honor you and we praise you and we will lift you up today, Father God. We pray for your spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. That would be the source of who we are. The greatest thing about who we are is the fact that we know you, Lord God. The most valuable thing that we have is our relationship with you, Lord. And we pray that will come out of us. This way, we Eyes closed, know your heads about. If you, maybe it's the first time you've heard about Jesus this morning or you want to maybe take another step in that relationship and that walk. Maybe you haven't chosen Christ as your Lord and Savior. I'd love to pray with you today and give you that opportunity. You know, it's as simple as um, accepting Christ into our heart. A bit like Paul said in that scripture, that we would open the door and we would accept him into our heart and allow that process of change to happen. So if you'd like me to pray with you today, then I'll just invite you down the front as we sing this last song, as we end the service. And of course, we open up the front for any prayer today. If you want someone to pray with you, that you would be strengthened in your inner man, that you would be grounded in love a little bit more, that you would find those pockets of time to develop that relationship. You know, maybe you are going through some things today and we could stand with you and pray for you. You know, Paul had Silas side by side with him in his situation. We need people with us to pray and stand, remind us to sing, remind us to pray, remind us how good God is. So we would love to do that to you, with you today. Otherwise, why don't you stand and we'll sing this last song together.